Around the Arcade Cabinet, a podcast about video games, playing video games, and other stuff. Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of a brand new video game podcast from the folks at Around the Craft Table. This show is Around the Arcade Cabinet. I'm Miles, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts, Connor. Hey! And Dallas. Hello. So, first up on the docket, something that um, we wanted to talk about was the PS5 announcement that that had been postponed. And so, we're going to start by talking about what we think we're going to hear and what we want to hear from from the announcement in terms of specifications, new games, um, possible remasters, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're definitely... Definitely excited because with everything going on on this podcast is really going to date us. We are a little bit dry during what would normally be E3 week. And I want to know what I'm expecting since these consoles are still coming out in holiday season 2020. Yeah, I think in, in general, I'm just I'm surprised that they're still expected to come out this year. Yes. Yeah. With everything going on, <laughs> yeah. I'm still surprised that they're planning to, to bring everything out. So. Yeah, well, I mean... It's interesting, like you said, that, that it is surprising because are we going to be able to go out and purchase these things in stores by Christmas or are we still going to be limited to, like, uh, what's what's the shopping situation going to be like mm-hmm. in terms of the, the usual trample fest that is Christmas shopping? Well, already the PS5 is saying that they're not going to be producing as many consoles as they did when they released or launched the PS4 because they don't anticipate people wanting to spend or go out there or stocking the stores for that kind of stuff. I refuse to speculate on the business logic of the game industry. That's, that's <laughs> fair. Um, but yeah, I think I think like if they are planning on, on uh, bringing things out this year, yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see what like what kind of physical products they're going to be able to put out because obviously games wise there's always the option to digitally download stuff especially in this day and age that's that's become much more of an option but to actually get a physical console that's 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 true and i I actually hadn't heard that they were gonna be making less consoles Mm -hmm. um that's just that's just kind of wild to me well i think for sony from what i remember yes it obviously has to do with the current uh covid situation but I distinctly remember them both PS3 and PS4 launching at an extreme financial loss because they were making them faster and in higher volume than they were able to push them through sales. So I feel like there's also maybe a little bit of that going on. Again, business logic in the game industry is, oh, it's broken, but people will buy it, so we'll ship it anyways. Yeah. So yeah. Historically, theirs is also the more expensive console of any batch that comes out. This is true. Speaking of, I am more a Microsoft guy presently. They've been good to me. They've done the things I've asked them to, where the Sony brand really hasn't since the PS2. Uh, I have. What are those things? I'm curious. Well, and we'll we'll get into what I'm looking for and what I'm excited for. Backwards compatibility. PS2 was revolutionary one of the first that went hey you know what we know you liked the PlayStation 1 we 
did this console wrap around, you can keep your stuff going. And that was amazing. Nintendo was moving to different cartridge shapes every generation, and then to a disc as the GameCube. And Xbox was brand new, and Sega was the same thing between cartridges and discs. And the PlayStation was the first disc to disc, DVD to DVD. And yeah, it was it was the standard for me since then. The Wii went back to the GameCube. The Wii U went back to the Wii. The first round of PlayStation 3 did PS2 and PS1, and then subsequent only did PS1. Which I'm still kind of annoyed about. Like, what? I don't understand what their hesitancy was there in terms of... The PS1 was the black disc, like the black undercoating. Yeah, the... And then the PS3 was Blu-ray, and for some reason that jived well, but the silver regular DVDs were... It's apparently too foreign, and they actually needed a separate disc drive that they built into the disc reading. I feel component. like that's just bad game industry business logic again. Oh, but but I I don't that side of the hardware world I don't know well enough to. And then the Xbox One took a while, but regular Xbox and 360 games slowly developed their library through backwards compatibility. And yeah, there was some licensing licensing stuff, but. I can play it all. One console, virtually every game I own. I can't think of one currently that I can't play anymore because it's been years since they started rolling out backwards compatibility and they have already promised that the Series X, and I know we're here to talk about PS5, but the Series X is going to be backwards compatible with everything the Xbox One can currently do. Well, I mean, it's not just PS5. It's ninth, ninth gen, which is a, a weird number to think about that we've had nine... Generations of consoles by the time those ones launch. Um, but back, backwards, you're right, backwards compatibility is a huge selling point. And I mean, think back to when uh, Microsoft initially announced the Xbox One and they had that whole notion of always on DRM and being constantly connected if you wanted any of your old games or your new games for that matter to work. And how much backlash they faced when that was announced and how how I've never I don't think I've ever seen a company backpedal so fast. It, it was too fast to even register. Like I don't fully understand what they intended, other than people reacted negatively right away. Then they did a one eighty, and I then people slowly went, oh, this would have been more convenient. But I I don't know what the benefits would have been. But anyways. My speculation, my bucket list has to be full PS1 through 4 backwards compatibility for the PS5, or I'm not getting it right away. Would you, do you want both physical and digital, or would you settle for a purely Wii Shop channel situation where you can go and get, or a PlayStation Now, which is what they have. They have a, right now they have a streaming subscription service where it's extra, even above PlayStation Plus. PlayStation Now only added Ape Escape 2. Neither Ape Escape 1 nor Ape Escape 3 are available <laughs> on PlayStation Now, even though they promised it was going to happen. Like, I was that close to getting a PlayStation 4 E3 2014, 2015, and they just went, here's Ape Escape 2, and forgot about it. PlayStation Now is such a half measure to try their best to look like they were doing what Xbox was doing. It, it definitely had the opportunity to be a lot more than it, and that it is. It's, right now, it's not worth it to me. I would, and 
because right now what's on there uh, that I'm interested in is like the God of War games, like the original God of War games, mm-hmm. which you can buy God of War 3. You can actually buy, like digitally download a remastered version of God of War 3, but God of War 1 and 2, you have to get a PS Now subscription. And the issue I take with that is like there's no ownership because as soon as you are like you decide not to pay for it anymore, you don't have access to yeah, those games, right. which is the issue I have. But I like, which would totally be fine if there was a significant enough library, like if they brought back games that people wanted to play, like enough games, and not just not just one of one of a series. Ape um, Escape only. Just that, yeah. If they just brought back all three Ape Escape games, no. How many Ape Escape games are there? There's there's, there's the core three, and then there were a bunch of Jap- Japanese exclusives, and then they did one of the Japanese exclusives as an American port, but it was a mini game kind of thing. Okay. Pumped in Prime. Yeah, and, like, if they made it a significant enough library, like, it's not that expensive, but it right now it's still just not that worth it. Not to me, anyway. I'm sure there's people that can find a lot of value in it. There are a handful of games on there that I would love to revisit, especially on, like, a modern console. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of what the PS5 decides to do. I have a, I have a feeling they're not going to abandon the PS Now method. I think there's going to be some level of backwards compatibility for, like, the PlayStation uh, for like the current gen, there's going to be some level of that, but I think like they're going to probably focus on the PS now, um, especially since there's not going to be nearly as many physical copies floating around that people are going to use unless you're like collected them. Yeah. Like there's there's going to be that there's going to be that um, that chance that people will have those. I, I have a hard time believing they're going to focus on like uh, hardware over software in that case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you think? And here's an interesting thought. Do you think they're going to go and attempt to compete with what Microsoft has done with Game Pass, where they're trying to become the Netflix of games? And it's apparently working from what I'm seeing. I mean, it's doing better than Stadia, which is like... Well, that's not even worth mentioning. Yeah. (laughs) This is a gaming podcast, Miles. We don't talk about Google Stadia. Neither does Google. Let's t- make an airplane <laughs> podcast and talk about the Hindenburg, why don't we? I didn't think I'd get fired from the show this quickly in, but I'll go by... Yeah. No, but Stadia, I mean, Stadia is trying, and Microsoft with Game Pass seems to be succeeding. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Sony's going to go that route and attempt to compete with... Game Pass, or do you think they're just going to keep it? They either do that, or they continue to do what they are good at, which is releasing first-party titles that astound every step of the way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's basically what I wanted to they, say. They have two courses. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, no matter what they do, if they're because they're going to try to compete. Backwards compatibility is something that they're going to try to do in one way or another. I don't. I don't think it really matters what they do as long as they just go full in on it. I think the issue we're seeing right now with a whole lot of uh, is companies... Is half measures? Oh, yeah, it's just half-assing it. It's like, oh, this is the Netflix of video games. And it's like, we're not seeing that. We're seeing, like... We have 12 the games of video games. yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like a much smaller, smaller version of that. And, like, it's the Netflix Canada of video games more than the Ooh. Netflix of Canada. Like, the, the Netflix Crave. Well, Crave's doing all right. I don't want to... Crave wanna, has HBO. They're fine. I don't want to eschew potential sponsors. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, like Crave needs us to... Uh, uh, I'll take sponsorship money from wherever we can get it. Um, first first episode, again, I'll take sponsorship money. Yeah, but again, like, it's the game industry, so I don't... 
I'm, I'm fairly cynical, and I think they're, they're going to do something, and they're probably going to do something that people don't like, and then Some, maybe a year later people will hate it less. Exactly. Someone <laughs> will come along and do something cool, and everybody yeah. else will go, oh, we should do that, and they'll do half-baked versions. Well, and if, they, if, if one uh, console company does a good job at, at it, and it shows that it's increasing sales for them, that's when other console uh, companies... That's when they'll actually make a real attempt at it. Yeah, and that was a lot of the catch-up that Microsoft did when Sony took a big leap. They went, oh, Sony had a great E3 because they announced a bunch of first-party titles while all we did was focus on how we could turn our Xbox into a sports-watching thing. And then the next year, what did they do? We were looking for a TV. It was real bad. Yeah. It was real bad. And then they did next year, they went Cuphead, and they just, the whole focus was, look, we can do first-party titles too, and some were good, and some were not. I have the specs here. They have announced that the, quote-unquote, top 100 PS4 games will be backwards compatible supported. What does no. that mean? Like, what, 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 here's an interesting... Sales. <laughs> yeah, well, here's an interesting road to go, to wander down a little bit. I don't want to get too far in the weeds, but... What do we think that means? Like, what do we think our top 100, like... First party titles, greatest hits titles. So you think yeah. we'll see uh, additional versions of The Last of Us again, like they did with the PS4 when it launched, and Uncharted maybe? Well, it, it says that it's going to do backwards compatible, and it says that it's going to be with, and this is Mark Cerny speaking, almost all PS4 games. And early generations from beyond PS4 are yet to be confirmed, and then he said... Day one, 100 PS4 titles, guaranteed. I can guarantee Skyrim will be on there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's on the Amazon Echo, so it's going to be everywhere. It's like the, the like this generation's doom. It's on everything. Yes. Now, this is what I'm really excited for. I know everything new coming forward is doing this. They're doing grandfathered upgrades. Things like Ghost of Tsushima, Assassin's Creed Valhalla say, hey, we get it. New consoles are a big investment. If you buy it on the current gen, you will get a digital copy for free when you go next gen. That is, yeah, I, I, that's that is an important thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, especially like this close to like flipping over to next gen. That's that's definitely like a contention for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's like, do I want to invest in next gen or do I want to wait? This this kind of gives you like well, an easy answer to that. And shelf space in in a home like we're we're for mm -hmm. the listeners we're we're. Our studio space, haha, is my apartment, and just looking at my like my shelf space, there's, I'm eventually gonna gonna run out of room for consoles, and I know I'm not the only person. So it's like, yep. for them to for them to go, oh hey, if you give up shelf space on our old hardware, the new for the new hardware, we'll honor your ability to play, like, we'll make it worth your while. Which I is yeah, super cool. I waited a month after Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag came out so that I could get it for the Xbox One. I didn't want to get it on the 360 if I knew I was going to get an Xbox One. And the pre-orders went as follows. Get my copy of the Xbox One. Shoot, not going to get it day one. It was popular, whatever. And then I got my copy of Black Flag. And now that I don't have to do that, I'm not sure I'm really pressed to get a Series X or a PS5 because I'll just get Valhalla for the Xbox One until I'm ready. That yeah. also might be a good excuse for them to not be making as many consoles right away. They might be over like a longer term. They can focus more on like what 
really does push their sales as games, they yeah. can sell a lot of games and then just slowly like rake in console money as they like as people do slowly switch over. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious as we talk about the uh, and we're not we're not game industry folks we're not game biz folks by any means but um, do you feel that if Microsoft doesn't come out with a strong lineup of of and I don't necessarily even mean just right out of the gate, I just mean in general. If they don't come out with a strong lineup of first-party exclusives, are they at risk of going, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but it's something to explore, are they at risk of going the second route, where they just end up purely on the software side and start selling stuff through the Microsoft Store, which they're already like they're already doing a lot of anyway. Like Most of the, the Xbox games are the exclusives, at least, are coming out for PC as well, and they're often better if you've got the hardware. They're better suited for a PC anyways. And that's the kicker. PC is so fastly evolving that I don't consider it a gaming platform. It's so cool that it can absolutely do everything a gaming platform can do, but for me, I would never put the money into a PC because I know that within six months I'm going to be dissatisfied with the specs because something better has come out. And I feel like, well, why am I not doing it on that if this is where I want to go with my gaming? Where an Xbox, every six years, it was smaller amounts of time back in the day, okay, I'm ready now. There's only one new option available. I'll go from this to that. Yeah, that's fair. Coming from like... Uh, somebody who's mostly uh, used PC. I've only recently actually like got a PS4 secondhand um, and have been able to play some of the games that I wanted to play on there. Um, coming from somebody who's done PC, I haven't had to. I'm also a cheapskate, so I've I haven't I've been invested nearly as much money into my uh, computer. Um, so I don't I don't update everything all that frequently. I'm also not that big of like a graphics snob that I I don't need everything to look like super. Right. Super great. I just want everything to function. I did have to upgrade it to get Fallout 4 to run because it ran when that first, when that game first came out. It ran perfectly fine, and then like a few months later, it just did did not function. And to be then fair, I, had to upgrade. I I think that's as much to do with Fallout 4 that as is, it is your your yeah, hardware. Like, yeah, absolutely. That's an entire episode on its own. Oh yeah, yeah. I Xbox has always played the long game for me. They may have dominated the space with the 360, but they were late to the party with disc-based consoles. The Xbox One was a slow burn, and same with everything that has come out since. I don't think they're gonna have a strong out-the-gate presence. They did their little display of, here's some cool first-party titles that we're getting, and everyone went, eh, eh. The only thing that's pushing it is that they're speculating, at least within the same quarter, they're doing the next Halo. But after Halo 5, like, I'll take my time. Fair. But guys, HoloLens. Like that, ugh. I haven't heard that in a long time. That was their attempt to go at Oculus, and oof. Did that fail? Yeah, I don't really care about any, any like, any, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? VR? Yeah, well, not necessarily, like, VR motion gaming, like, all that uh, extra stuff. Like, if you don't have, like, a solid platform to begin with like with traditional games where you use a damn controller <laughs> like yeah you're gonna have issues but peripherals don't matter yeah no like all that extra stuff isn't gonna i don't think that's gonna sell extra copies of an entire console no. um 
I think it might like you're gonna you want the console to sell your VR. You don't want your VR to sell your console. And Microsoft learned that lesson, I think, the hard way with the Connect. Both both iterations. I'm, yes, I'm, I'm shocked every single time I think about how long it took every single console to like realize that motion gaming is not is not selling as well as they think it is. Even the Wii, like even Nintendo backtracked when they when they went for the Switch because well, yeah, although they did still keep it. It is a function, and it's still a function option in many of their games. But we also have a regular, reasonable controller to use. Yes. If, if, if I trust anybody to do like all that extra nonsense, it is Nintendo, because mm -hmm. nonsense is kind of their wheelhouse. Speaking of peripherals, and I, the, we were supposed to start this speculating about PS5, and I just, I'm more excited about the Series X. All of your handheld peripherals, your hardware, is compatible with the Series X day one. So you're talking about my Xbox One controllers? Absolutely. My 360 controllers, if they still turn on? I don't think the 360, <laughs> because the 360 didn't pair with the one. Yeah. Maybe a, US, a USB one, Maybe. potentially. Yeah. But, but keyboard support, headset support. So, just a, a thought, as you said, keyboards. Does anybody actually use a keyboard on, on their on like, console? Yeah, like... No, I use a controller on my PC. <laughs> For most games, like there's obviously some games, um, like strategy games, I could see it. Mm -hmm. That's about it. Yeah, like an RTS or, or a Forex game for sure. I would definitely use a keyboard and mouse. But like, what kind of monster is more comfortable with a keyboard? What kind of absolute monster? Someone who wants a hundred <laughs> different options to play the game uh, instead of twelve. I I still type with two fingers too, so no, it's not me. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So do I. Um, yeah, you, you better not. <laughs> so like peripherals are. Um, it'll be weird to see. The only peripheral that ever excites me is whatever Nintendo decides they're gonna release because, as you said, it is nonsense. But it is like Willy Wonka levels of fun nonsense. Like, well, and they they usually are the ones to commit fully to something. Like they don't they don't really half ass like the, anything. Like the Wii U Fitness Ring or whatever. The, well, that's the the Switch did the, the Fitness Ring. We're inside the minute number, so I'm gonna swear all I want. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, the the Fit Ring came for the Switch. Still haven't got that. My mom got the the Wii Fit board thing. The balance board. The balance board. Oh no. Never once did I touch that. Actually, Miles, I am curious. Um, obviously, motion gaming is probably not something that interests you uh, much. So, so before I before I we get into that, I should clarify for the audiences who who are listening and who haven't heard around the craft table where I have talked about it. Miles is a disembodied head. Yeah, I'm yeah. just a floating head. It's it's really weird. I'm the inspiration behind the floating heads in Futurama. Little known fact. Uh, none of that is true. I just have cerebral palsy and um. Uh, a very avid gamer who finds the weirdest ways to adapt and play uh, video games however I can. So, to, now that we've got that out of the way, um, to answer your question about uh, motion gaming, some of it's cool. Some of <laughs> <Yeah>. it can... <laughs> That's some, a loaded compliment. Some of it's some cool. Of it, some of it can go fly a fucking kite for all I care. Um, but actually, like, what I'm... Because I, I don't expect motion gaming to be something that uh, interests you past, like... The concept itself. I'm more interested in like how does um, like VR kind of fit into like what you want for next gen. I I have never. I mean, I've done I've done the demos in in the in the uh, 
cell phone company stores where they like, oh, get your Samsung headset and blah. Those are cool, but I've never experienced VR gaming. I am absolutely dying to, but what I am dying to experience it on is something like the Valve Index, which yep. is a full kind of glove situation. Mm-hmm. Think for for those who are either old enough or up on their Nintendo lore, think the old Nintendo Power Glove Virtual Boy combination, except it actually fucking works. And it's like there's there's one glove for each hand, and then you've got your headset, and you've got full finger articulation, and buttons in the, in the palm. Like there's a from what I'm I'm vaguely remembering the visual of the of the the gloves, but there's like a um, a grip that you can wrap your your hand around, like attached to the underside of the palm. Well, now I'm I'm remembering this differently. I'm pretty sure the Valve Index still has controllers, and it's more the sensors on the controllers. It's not a glove. Okay, maybe maybe that's what which it I is. think is also more sanitary for social play as well. True. <laughs> Put is your it? hand in this sweaty thing I was just manipulating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. I don't. But, I don't see VR as a a contender. VR is its own thing. It's just like a, the difference between a video game and a board game to me. Yeah, and I was mostly so curious you're looking at about like its own medium. Yes. Almost. As opposed to, yeah, an ex- and yeah. So looking at it that way, I'm excited to try VR and and have uh, an experience. But um, well, I, like, because mostly I was just curious. It's like, because for me, it's 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 not it's a novelty. It's interesting, but I'm actually just more curious as to, like your perspective with somebody who has some mobility issues, like how that might impact like your gameplay experience. If that's something that kind of interests you. I d- I don't like. I don't know how it'll impact my my experience because like, I haven't I haven't tried it. Like, and as soon as you said that, I was like, well, I guess it's um, kind of like you'd have to see that. Thank you, late. Yeah. Yeah. I w- I want to try it. Um, like for me, my right side of my body is my stronger side. So if the the dominant interface usage is through the right hand, I don't think it'll be much of a problem. Again, it depends on the shape of the actual control interface, if we're looking at something like the, what did Sony call them? The, 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 uh, glowing wands that they had? The, the wasn't a Joy-Con. <laughs> no, the, uh, motion... Motion Plus? Oh, they're no, light-up dildos. Yeah. yeah, they're light-up light dildos. dildos. Yeah, 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 that's what they called them, too. Yeah. I think it was a wand. I think they actually, the, the peripheral <laughs> they itself was called move, a wand. Move controllers, the move, the, the move, move wand, and the move something I can't Did they actually call it a wand? Because that is that is amazing. I'm pretty sure they refer oh, to it. If you, you, can't, that. you can't write that. <laughs> well, did you ever play Super Princess Peach? No. No one did. <laughs> but Super Princess Peach was. And I, this is not. I'm not making this up. The MacGuffin that she was supposed to rescue from each kingdom was the vibe wand that Jesus helped Christ. control female emotions. Jesus Christ. And literally the last, and you, I swear, if we can put a visual, we'll put look this up, in the, show notes. the final line after she saves the day and rescues the vibe wand is, you may notice at your house, if your mom is having an emotional time, she may be going off to find her own vibe wand. Are you? <laughs> I'm not making this up. I'm paraphrasing, but I'm not making this up. And it, it was one of those... No one played it enough that this became a huge public knowledge thing, but I've I've since seen some commentary and that is just I I don't know how I don't know how uh, spectacular I I I can safely speculate Japan it's it's what they do 
weird peripherals. This is, this is DS weird. era Japan. You, 2011 to 2014 is not the era where we look at it and go, well, we're going to chalk this up to some cultural immaturity. Fair. Oh, there's no way they didn't know. There's no freaking way. Yeah. Um, so I guess, like, getting back on track, like, what, Did- what do we want to... Well, yeah. What, what games are you guys uh, kind of excited for? What kind of... Yeah, I guess first well, party or, or otherwise. Should we should we split this into two, two categories? Things we'd like to see remastered and or remade, and then the second category being uh, new stuff that's either been announced and we'd like to see ported over or... So I, I think first we should split remasters into its entire own topic because my expectation is no more remasters backwards compatibility. And that's not because I think remasters are bad. We'll get to that if we get to that. That's but interesting that you think that the, the, the way the remaster is going to go the way of the Dodo. If I could get a digital port like I did with Nintendo's eShop 3DS Wii U era of the original Legend of Zelda, I'm not looking for the original Legend of Zelda to be sparkly and shiny and with great bloom. I'm happy that I got it. So if I can get my absolutely crappy polygonal copy of Ape Escape 1 digitally on a PS5, say no more, do no more. That's interesting. No, that's a, that's a good point, actually. But yeah, that's like... And it, and it brings to question, if, if this is the direction that Sony is going, which they could be, um, and they, well, they said they're going to be, they're going to go backward compatible. If they go far enough, will that put an end to this onslaught? And I... That's complaining language that I'm using, but I'm not complaining. Will it put an end to the onslaught of, like, retro classic console re-releases, like the pocket PlayStations that, and well, the that, pocket that Super Nintendo? that just didn't sell, because like, they didn't put good um, games on, on one-track pony, but they didn't put Ape Escape on the retro console. I, I, I don't expect them to... Well, quite, like, I'm pretty cynical. I don't expect them to, to do any of this. I think, like, they're going to they're gonna do a little bit of everything, and it's all going to be kind of, like partial asked half measures yeah like if they if they were to surprise us and do something and just kind of go like you know what we're just gonna do uh, a ton of backwards compatibility we're gonna not focus on remasters we're gonna focus on new ips or if they did want to do like here and there like remasters of like um like first party products that they could go like hey here's that game you really liked but it's uh it, it works now yeah or it, or it, so it screws up less game? Mm, no no, not I mean, <laughs> no, more like even just From Software. If it was like, well, From Software has never really had an issue with um, like tech, like technical issues. But if they were to like clean up uh, games that they've had in their past that are, that are like first party and bring those back, like, I could see that. Doing but, redoing Dark Souls again, or well, or did. yeah, that but, sort of yeah. And so, but Sony's never really had an issue with first. Par- I I haven't come across too many issues with Sony like needing to fix fix their games like they've never been overall entirely unplayable but yeah no if they, if they were to like fully commit to just doing like you can play this whole library of games like we're going to try to release more games like it's not all going to come out at once, oh no but like month to month like hey here's uh here's 20 games that are from this generation and some are from ps1 ps2 however they want to do it if they slowly released a larger and larger library of that yeah that would be really cool and that was nintendo switch online's big pull for me that they, they said, get Switch Online, it's going to be paid subscription for the first time in Nintendo history, and everyone kind of grumbled, and they said, but for as long as you're a subscriber, 
unlimited access to NES games. And it was a small library and they added more and more and they really kind of slowed down or they just aren't announcing it. It used to be one a month or two a month they'd announce, hey, this is now part of that service in conjunction with everything else. Then they added Super Nintendo. There's speculation they're going to do N64 or GameCube as part of that online service. And absolutely, it's the only reason and it's a very satisfying reason why I have online for Nintendo Switch. If PS5 did that, I'd get a PS5 at launch and I would 100% be signed up and ready for it when it came. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good... It's, access to games that I used to own that I can't play anymore is a huge... It would cool. be a cool idea, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be nice? Mark, if you're <laughs> listening. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess like what, so in that case, what kind of games would you want? Like if you had to pick like just a handful or however many you, you so, want, what kind of games do you want to see from your past on this generation? Like you're talking about new, new sequels or, or remakes, that kind of thing? Like again, I'm not gunning for a remake. I think first party or what would you think would run the best on a PS5 that's third party? Well, here's what I think we're going to see. We're going to see, obviously we're going to see The Last of Us 2 come out. And then, I would argue a year later we might see an Uncharted 5. Oh, probably. Or, yep. or, 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 you know, um, Uncharted 4 on the PS5 with new guts and new models and textures and all that stuff. Because... I went back to the, like, the first couple Uncharted games and I, I do not like them anymore. <laughs> so, so that, that first one, narratively is fine. But everything else about it is clunk. I couldn't finish it. Like, it's so clunky. It's, I, it's... Yeah, no, I bought the original trilogy on PS3. We'll talk about that another day. It glitched about two-thirds of the way oh, through yeah. the game. Oh, I yeah. never got to finish it. I now own the trilogy or the collection on PS4. When it was free? Did I you think, get it when it was free? I think. That That's I when I got it. Yeah. But, I think I did, too. And then I deleted it. But absolutely. I, an Uncharted 5 would definitely be good. Are there any other games? I mean... God of War 2. I just really want to see God of War 2. I'd like to see God of 5. We have God of 4. So I'd like to see God of War 5. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a no-brainer. Uh, after after the, the much-deserved success of 4. I, I'm, the thing I'm most curious about that, storyline aside, is what they're going to call it. Is it going to be God of War 2, or is it going to be... God of War 5. Or are they going to do the thing that they could have done with um, the last God of War game they made? They could call it Gods of War. That's a that's a real good cop-out. Yeah. Yeah. Or God of Wars. Oh. And, and the S is 5, because that's how... Because that's how naming conventions work. If they, you know what, if they did that, I would, I would give them kudos. That would actually be, like, that would be pretty good. Ugh. I hate that. I hate that I said that out loud, and I hate that it's a thing. But no, it's true. But like that—that that would be an easier way to like distinguish because it is kind of frustrating, especially once you get into like multiple games. Well, try googling God of War, the original, and you just you type God of War, and you, you get have to Google the year. Boy. Yeah, you have to Google the year it came out, and that's that's kind of annoying. Yeah. Um. But I don't even need. I don't even have much to say. I'm just really excited for another God of War game. I'd like to see another Infamous. Yep. Those those games are. I haven't played enough of Second Son to to figure out whether or not I give a shit about it. Um, I have Second Son and I have the one with Laura Bailey. 
Um, First Light? Yes. The the, um, the spin-off? I want to call it a spin-off. It was technically DLC, technically. It's what they did with Uncharted 4 when they did the Chloe and Nadine side story, which... Right. Lost Legacy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see another Infamous just because, and the way you feel about, about Ape Escape, I'd like to see another Sly Cooper. That's one of those, I never got around to playing that when I had a PS2, but that was one that I looked really, really cool, and I wanted to get into that one. There's an argument that anthropomorphic animal characters don't fly anymore. Uh, I, 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 don't I think fly. the furry community is out, so like, we can, yeah. it's, it's way cooler now. Yeah, I, I, don't, True. I don't think there's anything inherently like problematic about it. I mean, there's, there's plenty of, I don't know if you guys have seen Beast Stars or not. We don't need to get into that. I have. I haven't, and I don't know what that is, and it sounds like... It's an anthropo- it's, Imagine uh, Wind in the Willows, but anime. An- anthropomorphic uh, characters in video games have always been a thing, and I don't expect... Like, freaking Khajiit in Skyrim or any Elder Scrolls game. Super Lucky Tales was it. fine. Was it? It was fine. It was, was fine. It? Okay. Like, right. like imagine if you, seven-year-old, you time traveled to the future and it was, you know what, screw Spyro, screw Crash Bandicoot, here's Super Lucky's Tale. You'd I'd, be fine. I'd You'd probably, enjoy it. I'd probably still just fuck with Spyro, though. Oh, man. Spyro's actually, like, the, that was one of the first things I got. I need Spyro. Trilogy. Bring it back. Even if you make it PS5 exclusive, Insomniac kind of plays both fields nowadays. A brand new story for Spyro? Absolutely. Oh. Do they play both fields? They haven't done a Microsoft game in a while. Sunset Overdrive. And we don't want to oh, talk they about did Sunset back to Overdrive. Sony. What are you talking about? I just I played the DLCs recently. It was... I'm sorry. <laughs> Something I paid for in 2015 and didn't play till 2020. I'm glad we stumbled on that though. I, I would love like a brand new Spyro. Like I loved playing the the remaster trilogy, a reignited trilogy. Mm-hmm. I thought it was one of the best like remat like I cried. Of the game. It was so when good. they announced the trailer, I genuinely wept, and I probably called you right away. You texted <laughs> me at like three in the afternoon. I I was. Spyro, it's happening. I was I'm teaching like, that day. Good for you, I don't have they, they announced the trailer, and I was teaching afternoons. They announced the trailer at like 10 in the morning. I packed my PS3 with my PS1 copy of Spyro the Dragon, and we spent all of French class talking about the history of this game and why I was a sobbing wet mess. And I, yeah, I just played the first level of the game, and then I'm like, okay, so like this came out in 1998, and I'm like, you want to see this? And I showed them the trailer, and because they had that context of seeing the crappy polygonal 1998 <laughs> game, they were like, wow, that's cool. Wow, they made that really look good. And I'm like, thank you. Validation. Uh, yeah, and I would say it still looks good. So I'd say it still looks like really good. The other big franchise, I, I just, just returned to my brain hole. Um, Obviously, Sly Cooper, but also uh, Jack and Daxter. Yeah. I'd it's, love to, it's see, time. to I, see a fourth. I, I had uh, Ratchet and Clank in the back of my head this whole time. Yep. Jack and Daxter. I never played Jack and Daxter, but Ratchet and Clank. They're all the same game. They're not, yeah, but. Jack and Daxter, the trilogy, evolved. Like, Jack 2 was, or I think it was Jack 2. They didn't call it Jack and Daxter after the first one. It was a completely different game. And yeah. then Jack 3, which I've yet to play, but it's on it's the list. GTA with an ocelot, or whatever, basically. Yeah, yeah and I, yeah, I, would, I would be really happy to see, like, a proper 
remaster or just like even the ability to play like those original Ratchet and Clank games. Yeah. Not what they did and then made a movie and I saw the movie too. I didn't. It was it's not worth watching. They advertised it. I was Should we pause the show and hug you because you saw the movie? No, like, are you okay? I, went, I went to theater I went and saw it in theaters, but I didn't realize that it was based off of I should have known, like it was based off of like the new I don't even know how to like address the newer game, like the the newer the newest PS3 one they made, game? so yeah, the one that's for the one that's for tiny little babies. So not the, to be offensive. Well, yeah, no, the the newest game is a pared down, better version of the original, and the movie is based off of the new game, which is based off of the first game. So you play the game, you know it's in the movie. Uh, I've played the original and I've played the PS4 remaster, and the PS4 remaster absolutely was easier, but I liked it that way. Yeah, I did not. <laughs> I like there was a lot about it that I didn't I didn't like as much. I I would love to see like more Ratchet and Clank that's just got uh, I don't know just that charm. I would I would love to see it. It's it's a good game, and I don't have any issue with them creating like a whole other line of Ratchet and Clank that's more accessible to potentially like a younger audience because that's what it kind of felt like was it was kind of like just a little bit more. Uh, toned down in terms of like content matter and also like gameplay mm -hmm. felt like it was a little bit more for that audience um, But I'm the one who played it when I was a kid and I'm an adult now So I kind of want yeah. something that's for me, you know, because I'm the one who's gonna go after the nostalgia buy Yeah, that's, that's me. Cool. That's that's who's gonna be paying. I'm gonna pay with my own money I'm not gonna ask my parents for money. Yeah so since we're, we're on on the the subject of um New games we'd like to see for the new the new generation. Um, what kind of innovative design things would you like them to? Would you like to see like are are there new new? I want to be able to throw the controller and have it come back to my hand like God of War. That's it. If they could do that. There's a thing called bungee cords. Well, you can do it. Just put a Sony label on it and I'll buy it. <laughs> I don't really go for innovation when I go for my games. I go for a compelling narrative. I go for yeah. gameplay that the immersion is a word for it. There's also just the idea of like I'm playing a game. I get measures of success by doing what I'm doing. I can lose myself in it basically whether that's actually immersing myself and feeling like I'm part of a story or a world or just losing hours of time. Turn my brain fun. off, and I come away feeling like I at least had fun. Yeah, yeah. So let's we're we're kind of jumping all over the the format here, but let's I want to flip that coin. What trends would you like to see go away in terms of design stuff that we're seeing in games? What what kind of stuff do you want? And obviously, the obvious answers are microtransactions and those kinds of things. But oh, yeah, those are those are part of the business. I don't think they're going to go anywhere anytime soon. No. But from a from a design trope and a gameplay trope standpoint, what are you sick of at this point? The fetish, the fetishization. Oh, I said it. I actually managed to say the whole word of uh, graphics. Yeah. So I the, think the push I think like, for would you say the push for realism then or yeah, just like we probably all saw the Unreal Five like trailer like that's mm -hmm. out that's available to watch. Um, we're not going to actually see that, and I like. I, I not heard it until three or four years into the life cycles of most of these games. No, and and like environment wise, like um, I think we're going to see a lot of cool improvements. Like like I was telling I was telling you Miles like before we started recording that I 
I love the way Red Dead Redemption 2 looks, but I, but I can't stand that game anymore. Like, it's just such a frustrating game to play. I just want game, like, I think I would love to see games that function over games that, like, look, like, just too, too beautiful. Like, yeah. there's a lot of beauty in being able to play a game and forget that the controls are there. And yeah. When the controls are, and when the controls are bad, it's hard to forget that. I held out for a PS4 Pro. I waited till the sale was worth my while. And I wanted a PS4 for a couple of things, God of War, I even wanted to do the infamous Second Son. And I got the PS4 Pro and I took it home and I had Skyrim. Because I played Skyrim on the 360 and the One and I said, well now I've got a PS4 Pro. I don't have the Series X or no, what are they, the One X, their naming system, my goodness. I, I don't have a One X, but I have a PS4 Pro. This is going to be amazing. And it was amazing for four minutes and then I went I own three copies of Skyrim <laughs> yeah yeah I yeah like I, I kind of and I've, I've talked about this at length with all of you guys I think um, I, I too am against this notion of the fetishization the thing I said of yeah the thing <laughs> Dell said managed to say and the push towards realism because you hit a you hit a point where you're like for me at least I hit a point where I look at something that looks that good and I'm like I'm bored because I can look at this thing out my window yeah. I don't need to see it and yes that means there are doom levels out my window I live I live on the hellscape of doom um, I mean it's 2020 of course you do of course and exactly uh, you live in central Canada Oof. At least you have something scenic. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I'm tired of... And I get it. It's like, don't get me wrong, Uncharted 4, that shit blew my mind when I booted it up. When I booted it up, finally. And then I got to the demo level that they did at E3 and stood there long enough like like they did when the controller, or when the game froze and I got a trophy for it and I was happy. Um... <laughs> That's probably my favorite Easter egg in any game, I think. Um, but, like, yeah, the push for realism and and this this notion of... Like, you talked about Red Dead, um, to bring us back to tropes that I'm kind of bored with. The gamification of every little thing in a... Like, the fact that you need to shave your beard for certain parts of... Oh, time wasters. Yeah. Yeah, just... Or, the complete disrespect of my time. Or the classic, the classic example that's frequently mentioned. This isn't a gameplay mechanic, but but it still makes me go, "What the fuck for?" Is horses in the cold in that game? They're not strength, and I'm like testicle mechanics. See, that's an important uh, that's an important staple of. I think it's called testicular physics. Testicular physics. That's just like it's just like boob physics. Like it's just the the logical next step. Should I go? No, it's it's, it's infuriating. Like, yeah. there's so much about that game that, like, is cool and looks beautiful, but, like, it's just the epitome of, like, what's wrong with a lot of modern games. And makes me go, this took you ten years? Yeah. Essentially, like... You know how much time they could have saved? Uh, not all that sense. the horse's nuts in the cold, like... Yeah. And uh, they also could have uh, skipped doing all those uh, crunch times, maybe. Potentially. Mm -hmm. Well, crunch time... But we don't is... talk about Crunch time is its own weird...
I think we could have a conversation, an episode entirely devoted to crunch time. Yeah. Um, because the film industry has its own version of crunch time. That, that, mind you, we're paid when we work on film sets, and we're told, "Oh, we're going over," or paid the appropriate overtime. So it's a little different, but like. Yeah, crunch times is it anyway? Um, oh, I just thought of one that I would really like for this to stop because I, I kind of just noticed this. I would like to have a physical copy of a game for my uh, physical console that I can put in and play it and not have to install it. That would be something. Wouldn't wouldn't that be nice? What a novel idea! But installs were. I remember when installs first came as a thing. It'll speed up load times. It was heralded as this wonderful. It doesn't speed up load times no, because it's wait. a mandatory four-hour load for a video game at the beginning. You get your load times ahead of time. Yeah, and like there's like and I don't know like I don't get to pop the disc in and be able to tell them if there is a difference. Like there's no there's no option for that. Yeah. and with digital downloads, obviously you have to download Speaking it. Speaking of load times, that's what I'd like to see go away is load screens. I don't even actually. I was gonna say I miss load screens. I would like games have like better loading screens like god of war was really cool that it didn't have any but like i would like load like um like actually one thing that they do well is bethesda does like load screens that you can actually like fiddle around with for like a few seconds like the old dragon ball z budokai tenkaichi games or the budokai games but but i definitely get what you mean by like less load screen like less loading screens seamless transitions inside and outside of house yeah i get that collectibles I'm a big open world person, and I'll tell you, I 100% every Assassin's Creed game. I'm and the sorry. jump from Syndicate to Origins, and I'm just like, wow, this is really big. Okay, well, it's Egypt, and it's a heck of a lot of sand. But you know what? That's Egypt, I guess, and there's like changes in scenery which make it that much more special. And then you go to Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and it is there for the sake of being there it is there for the maniacs like me but worse to go yeah bandit camp there's three objectives three chests to get arbitrary sellable loot three bad guys that need to be killed and a map on the table that doesn't take you anywhere you haven't already been on your own ubisoft games has always have always felt like their maps were just littered on well even breath of the wild yeah. and yeah. 900 some korok seeds when to get the benefits and the rewards for the Korok seeds, you only need 430. Still, 430, like... And 400, like, I've, I've beaten Breath of the Wild three times now. Not once have I received more than even 200 Korok seeds. To quote Wind Waker, come on! Like, that's absurd that you need to collect 400 of something. It's a time waste. It's a map filler. And like, hey, yeah. big maps are cool, but don't give me a big map that now I have to get a guide and plan my day real time to do what I think I'm paying for. Yeah. So here's a question for you, because I've played some Breath of the Wild. You've played through it. I'm assuming multiple times now at this point. Just the three. Okay. Um, Just the three. Have you, have you, each time you've iterated through your playthrough of the game, gotten to a specific number of cards and go, I'm bored. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And has that number changed? By which I mean lowered significantly each time. The first time it was really daunting and there was so much of the game that I wanted to take in that I just, it wasn't worth my time. 
I learned the value, I learned that it increased exponentially or whatever you would call it to get more and more item slots. But then I realized I'm at a level where I'm getting good items from my loot all the time. I don't need 12. As soon as I run out, I'll kill the Bokoblin next door that's silver so it drops the silver grade loot and I've got a good enough sword. And yeah. it'll last me and it'll kill anything I need for the time being and then I'll get another one. Or I'll use my literal 25 amiibo because I had a really, really expensive year when amiibo came out. And then my second playthrough, even less... Collectibles. Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> amiibo. Uh, anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, no, second playthrough, I was in more of a rush. It was not too long after the first playthrough and I was like, I know what I need, I know what I have to do, everything else maybe I'll get to, and by the time I wanted to, it was, nope, I am absolutely done. My third playthrough, I was going for what I would call 100% for me, which is 100% until 100% gets ridiculous. And even then, I knew how to play the game. This was my first playthrough that I got all 120 shrines. And by the time you've done that, no more. No, the, no Korok seeds, no thank you. Yeah. I I relate similarly where I look at it like I don't want to rag on Ubisoft. Um, I do. Well, <laughs> well, we'll dedicate that to its own hour. Yeah. I think uh, we can actually let's rag on all of our least favorite developers for an hour each week. No, we would need good. more than an hour. Yeah, that's true. Um, Bethesda would get a series of episodes. They, I think. they would. Yeah, they would all get their own series. Uh, um, I I agree though. Like I look at um. Odyssey, like you said, and to a lesser extent, Origins. I, I, I genuinely think Origins was a bit of a return to form. I think that game is pretty great. Um, but yeah, this idea of like, oh, I need to collect a thing to get a thing to get something else in game. But the number is so high, and they're and they're frequently so d difficult, like. We were talking off off air about uh, Dishonored and collecting bone charms and how tedious that can be, um, despite the relatively small nature of the individual maps. It's, it's a thing where where I'm like, I could go get all of these, but I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to have to feel like I have to mop up a map. Yeah, like, and, and the other the other part of that that I'm glad has kind of gone to the wayside is achievements or trophies that unlock specific in-game things. Okay. I don't think that ever needs to be a thing. I think, like, there are games short, of, short of, like, an achievement that's like, goes along with beating the main story. Like, I, I, the ones that immediately come to mind are, there was a couple in the first Assassin's Creed where... If you got an achievement, you got a thing. Um, Not in-game. And those weren't called achievements, they were called awards. And they were things for your avatar, for your online thing. Oh, God, I... Yeah, now... No, okay, now, now I remember that. I was thinking something else. I'm remembering no, them as achievements. Yeah, and they, they had their own list, and there was a separate page for them. But those were called awards, or yeah, awards, not yeah. rewards. We don't we don't do like little avatar shit. And those I so. like I'm an achievement hunter. I'm not an award hunter, not even for my favorite games. Fair. Yeah, I can't be arsed to 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 bother with 
spend real world money on any of that nonsense. Real world money or real world time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Unless it's something that I actually like. I look at the thing and I'm like, oh, this is like. For example, Origins did a crossover with Final Fantasy XV. Oh, the freaking Chocobo. And the sword and the shield. And I was like, I want that. But I had Final Fantasy XV, and they're like, oh, well, the, the festival event is going on in the game. You can go and uh, get a, get the Assassin's Creed half of the reward. In Final and I'm like, I couldn't be bothered. Because it was nothing of, it was like, it was an outfit or something for... Yeah, it for was an outfit and some message, some missions. But it was a timed event. Yeah. I saw it. I'm like, when I play Final Fantasy 15, which I still haven't done, I'm sure gonna good. I'm gonna race to this, and I'm gonna make sure that I really savor the Assassin's Creed part because I love that series. And then I look into it a couple years later and I go, okay, so like when I start playing this game, again context, have not. Where, where, at what point can I do the Assassin's Creed stuff? And they went, no, it's gone. So what are you guys looking forward to? I'm looking forward to. 2021. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I, I want to see more of a return to form with the idea of beating a game. And we're going to cut that too because I don't know what I just said. Like, uh, here, allow me, <laughs> allow me to, to uh, save the thought. Do you mean like when a game ends, just end it and don't like that's the end of the narrative and, and don't make stuff to that forces me to go back just because it's um, financially a good good thing or or just being carpet bombed with side quests I don't like the frequent season pass oh. in fact I would rather you not sell me a season pass and if you've gone ahead and put in time for a DLC throw it at me randomly surprise me I'll buy it if I like it but games especially Ubisoft games lately Assassin's Creed Odyssey we're gonna release a mission Civ just did that actually Civ 6 just came out with the season oh my pass goodness. I'm, I'm, I'm terrible for that like I don't I don't like myself for this because I don't, I don't think like there's a whole lot of ethics that go into like buying DLC um, if that makes sense but I I'm bad for spending money on Total War games, like the like Warhammer games. Like they come out with ten dollar DLCs with extra factions and a lot of extra playable stuff. But I always buy it because I like, give, give me. It's, I want, just such yeah. a, it's just the game I've been playing so much right now, and like I'll pay for, like I'll, if I can just pay for something and get it without having to keep paying for something to maybe get other stuff. Yeah. Which which sounds convoluted, but that's how it is. And the worst offender of on um, the season pass run, and again they get their own episode, are is Destiny two. Every time there's a new season. Oh, and Destiny one even. You know who's allowed to have season passes? Apex. That's a free game. You can have a season pass for Apex because it's free. You don't have to pay sure. pay for that game. That's a trend that I actually wouldn't mind seeing continue. Is is the free to play model, where, you get big games going free to play. And the investment comes in ornamental stuff, that you, cosmetics that you can choose to buy. I'm not talking about the Elder Scrolls like War 4 frame. horse armor situation. Or 3 horse armor situation. Four. No, it was 4. It was 4. Um, they're all the same game. Uh, um, they're all Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Elder, Scro Elder Scrolls 4 and Skyrim 1. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but like... I'm talking about, like, with, with, I'll use Destiny 2 as an example, you can get ornaments that go on your armor that make the armor look totally different. And 
this will actually, on a weird note, it'll take me to a tangent of things that I would like to see go the fuck away, please. Um, you can pay, you can either earn them in-game through grinding if you choose, or you can buy them in the, uh, premium currency store. But premium currencies... Can go away. Yeah, premium yeah. Currencies can because, go away. Premium currencies can go or, away. or if you're going to have them, allow me to purchase, either allow me to earn them at volume in-game, even if I choose to grind. Like, if it's a grind, cool, but that's my choice. Mm-hmm. Or have me allow me to purchase the precise amount that I need. Yes. Not not five hundred, and then, and then like realize the item it's you want is six hundred and two. Though it's also yeah. predatory. They oh. sell that stuff. I have bought a Me time too. saver or the premium currency in the last few Assassin's Creed games because yeah, it's daunting and darn it, I want to get the map. And oh, you're gonna put the map behind a paywall? Well. I don't want to have to have a second screen open with a laptop with the free guide, put my it's map in the most game, like, or it's a little wonky, put it in the game, but you, the fact that you make me pay for it and the fact that you built the game where it is just so tedious without it, yeah, I'm going to pay for it, and that's predatory. And they, they do have that with their microtransactions and their time savers. And just, or so if you're going to do that, like you said, sure, but just take my dollar. Don't, don't make me buy your Helix currency. Yes. Just take my shitty, useless Canadian dollar as is. Don't make me use an intermediary currency. Yeah, it's like, like the Jets game. Beers are $9 or $11, depending on the size, which means you're breaking a 10. And if I want to get two beers and they're $11, that means I can't just take out my 20. I have to take out $30. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody likes having those loonies and toonies and nickels, so you want to get the uh, popcorn. So if a beer's $11 and you get two, the popcorn's $9. Yeah. And that's how they get you. So just allow me to purchase the precise amount that I need. Exactly. And if I choose or to still buy... Four, <laughs> yeah. If I choose 2000 If they I choose buy. to buy 4000 floor points because I want to, like, get this item... Well, now you're you're losing money if you don't buy the blur points. Exactly. Like, well, exactly. when they when they converted from Microsoft points to straight cash, I don't know if you guys remember Microsoft points. I do. Oh, yeah. I do. And the conversion rate was not one to one across the world. Like you couldn't buy Microsoft points in the states because of the exchange rate it was eight hundred points was ten bucks. I don't remember the value of them barely. I don't remember. I, yeah. Eight hundred was ten bucks. Sixteen hundred was twenty. Well. And finally, when they converted, it was this big to-do. They were going to convert your existing account of points because they never made the cost of your DLC exactly 800 points. It was 802 or 805. 560. 560. Everything was in increments of 40 or 80. At which point, why? Yeah. And then they converted it into cash. And I don't remember. I wasn't incredibly mad. But I don't think it was one to one what they were worth if you did the map outside of the game, yeah. based on what you paid for it with the gift card in the store. Well, because they're they're not accounting for the tax when they do the conversion. Yeah. And thank God, in most cases, there's no taxes on digital purchases. Um, well, at least in this country. There's there's taxes. I guess it depends what story, but like if you bought, for example, premium currencies. I'll use Silver and Destiny. If I buy twelve ninety nine worth on Steam, 
it's twelve ninety nine flat. There's on no, Steam. There's, there's no. So it depends on the platform, mm -hmm. and also the country. Some countries have mandatory VAT for online purchases. We don't in Canada, which I'm happy about. But yeah, just get rid of either predatory gaming practices. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're yeah. already spending all of our money on this industry. You don't need to milk us. You really, really don't. Either get rid of premium currencies, or if you're not gonna, which sure you need, to, you need to. You're making what to to paraphrase Jim Sterling live service games. Uh, that can just go away. That's fine, but don't make me purchase. Fucking thing in increments. Just give yeah. me, allow me to buy precisely what I need. Yeah. No, definitely. Like and loot boxes, those can go away too. Yeah. Paying for them, I'm fine earning them through the grind in game because that's different. That's, sure. That's me sure. putting in the time. Like predator hunting grounds, that's how it's set up now. Is you can't buy their loot boxes. Good. It's also a very. It's a slow game so far, and I can very easily see them installing it eventually. They're already like making you waste your time by spending $10 on one skin, which mm -hmm. is already way too much, but like- Ten, $10 for a skin? No, yeah, give it a couple months and they're, they're, gonna, they're gonna put it Animal in. Animal Crossing would clean up with loot boxes. How, how on earth has, have they not done that yet? Like, could, like they care about their customer well, base. There's, there's no. enough wrong with Animal Crossing New Horizons, but think about it, pay for the silver bell package and we'll, you can buy bells with real money at a weird oh, conversion yeah, rate, and then you can buy a silver box that has one fossil and one tropical fish from a different season than you're currently in, and yeah. one arbitrary floor mat. And 60 bells, which will get you nothing. I want to do this. Like, I want to start a Nintendo black market. <laughs> Selling bells. Selling Animal Crossing items in randomized loot boxes. A bell market. Well, that's what you will get that. That's yeah. We've seen that in other games. Yeah, like, you're going to get it. But So I think, like, ultimately, we could probably sum up that whole bit of the conversation with we'd like, we'd like predatory, uh, gaming. predatory gaming mechanics uh, out of video games in general. Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily optimistic to, to want, but I think, like, we are seeing some changes in that. Or also which certainly is good. not new in, in calling for that. No. Um, I, I would like to see more conversation around it, like a continued conversation around mm -hmm. it, because there's new new people playing new games every single day, and they don't know. That's just yeah. how it is. This hasn't always been the norm of how games have operated. We've we've like we're young enough that we've um, kind of like haven't been like around in like the Atari ages. I know, but like we're we're we've been around long enough to know that. Like, games haven't always been like this. There's a time where games weren't like this. Was I was born the year the ESRB was put into place. We used to go to used to go and uh, rent them at uh, Blockbuster. That's that's how they got your money. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd also like to see, and this is just a support that I'm I'm offering as a as a content creator in a different medium. But I'd like to see publishers get chunks of used game sales, like. Because that's a huge market. I don't know how many used game sales are going to exist since everything's going digital. Sure, exactly. But but for the little bit of market that is left, especially in the retro space of older consoles, um, companies, publishers don't see chunks, which is why they've called for an end to the used, to the EB games of the world where they're selling used copies because they don't see percentages. Um, I, we could just do away with EB games, I think, at this I mean, point. Yeah. They... For the safety of their employees, please yeah. just end EB games. Yeah. 
Or GameStop or whatever equivalent is around. Well, they're I think they're all GameStops at this point. Even in Canada, they're, they're slowly making... It's owned by GameStop, I yeah. think, anyway. It, it's owned by GameStop. Yeah. Like, I don't buy games for any of the lewd physics. Let's just sum it all up in a, in a little knight's tied bow. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone, and it makes me angry. And like I do with everything else, I'm going to shout it when it comes. Can I get on to, because we're, we're kind of getting near the end of our time. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up, Miles? Um, that you wanted to chat about? Cross-platform. Open, you mean like open, Open it open. up, 100%. You're going to buy what you're going to buy. You can still have first-party exclusive titles. You can still have, heck, even limited edition, like you get it on this system and you get this versus that, so long as it doesn't, you know, completely alter the gameplay. But absolutely, things like Minecraft, things like the Xbox Play Now. I've been playing Predator on uh, it's cross uh, cross platform. Cross platform. Cross platform. Yeah. Uh, right now it's just PlayStation and computer, and I have it turned off because computer players are all cheaters. Mm, well, there is that. No, there is a like saying that as a computer player, there's a lot of cheaters on mm -hmm. on that game right now, and it's very it makes the game not fun for a game like that. But yeah, I would love to see more cross platform and. Stop wasting everybody's goddamn time. Yeah. yeah. And I would play more games and buy more games if I knew that my brother from another console could play it with me. Yeah. I had no issue, or sorry, I had no interest in things like Battlefront or any Call of Duty or Battlefield games because I am on my own little Microsoft island. But I'll tell you what, I've been playing the heck out of Minecraft lately. Yep. Yeah, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of shitty games I would play if I could play with some friends. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of good games that I don't play that I would play if I could play with friends. Yeah, Red Dead. Well, I mean Red Dead, but like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know, man. I'm just I, I'm I'm trying to beat the campaign on that so I can uninstall it. That's that's another thing <laughs> that I that I'm like hesitant to say that I want to go away, but this notion that that Rockstar, God love them, has kind of pioneered. The idea that your online games are separate games, and yet they ship with single, like the multiplayer experiences are, are separate. Just, just give me a and I know it's um, feeding into the notion of paying more for something, but give me an online only version of the game that I can have separate. Like, what if I don't like single player Grand Theft Auto, for example? Give me the online only version for cheaper. I got. For Grand Theft Auto V, the PS4 version, for 20 bucks, And I haven't really touched it because I beat it on the 360 in 2013 when it came out. Man, that game's awesome. I know. Fuck. But for 20 bucks, I could buy it for 20 bucks and get an amazing deal on a single-player-only experience. Or I'd buy it for 20 bucks and I have an amazing and fulfilling online experience. For 20 bucks, I'm thrilled that I have both. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Actually, to, to quickly uh, tie into that, one thing I, I would be excited for next gen in general would just be more focus on single player campaigns. Yes. But I, I, I as as somebody who plays video games and knows other people who play video games, I think we're all in pretty pretty uh, pretty right. good agreements that like we would like more single player campaigns in general. Yeah. Um. I I got uh one of the free games on uh, PS4 right now is uh, Call of Duty World War Two. Mm -hmm. And I got a buddy who has a PlayStation 4 that I was going to play that with. Unt until he decides to download it, I played through the campaign. Didn't, it's a very mediocre campaign, but I played through the campaign because I'm so tired 
of like all these time waster games, and this was so linear that I was it was just a nice change of pace. It's good to hear. It was just a nice change of pace. It's a it's a very short campaign. Though. Oh, and I like those two. You don't overstay your welcome if you're bad. Yeah, no, it's or the yeah. game's not 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 great. Like you don't have to be bad to not overstay your welcome. Like, mm-hmm. no, and I I agree. I think there was a huge novelty when multiplayer was so accessible on consoles. Xbox Live and Halo Three. Was well, even the first Halo or second Halo, whatever it was, to have the first gold play, that was such a novel con. It was things that, like, PC players, we had been going, Absolutely. It's, it's, it, well, you're all up in arms. It's, like, I was doing that yesterday, fuck off. But, like, <laughs> it's, but it was such a novel thing. And it was easy, and there was voice chat and headsets and the keyboard that you plugged into the bottom of your controller that didn't fit in your hand and your thumbs would over reach and t- hit all the buttons that was amazing oh on a, on a, on a related on an unrelated note things that I would like to see go away custom fucking uh, port sizes on, on controller cables USB standards exist pick one and stick to it you assholes like it's it's, it's really frustrating yeah they're insecure about their their ability to stand out in a crowd make it about the games yeah the Thanks. controller's not not what Sometimes a controller is what makes me not want to play. Like, I, I have played games where I'm like... I've bent over backwards to try and adapt a control, a control scheme. And I'm like, I can't, because you've chosen to make this so bizarre. Red Dead 2 just controls like hell. Well, for Red Dead and GTA, isn't it mash the A or the X button to, to run? run? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just... You, uh, can, you can, like, you can... Power, you can power walk by holding the button. I'm just so mad about Red Dead right now. I want it off my, I want it off my uh, PlayStation. It takes up so much space. Yes. You, you can, <laughs> actually, that's what can go away. Games that take up that much space. So you'd rather like a cloud situation or? I just don't want, I don't want half a terabyte worth of one game. That's all. Witcher 3 fit on a single Switch cartridge without any added download time or space. And, and still looks pretty good from what I've seen. For like, the Switch, like asterisks for the Switch. But when if that is possible, and Nintendo does it because Nintendo cares, then everyone else needs to really step up their game. Yeah. Well, that, that kind of goes back to my point of, like, I don't want to have to install games on my console. I don't have to... Because this is the first time... In any console generation, I've had to uninstall games to make room. Actually, going back, the last time I had to do that was when we had memory cards. Um, had to do that to shave. shave. And I, even then, I just bought another memory card. Yeah. And had, then you had to figure out which one it was on. Yeah. But I had to go in and uninstall a bunch of stuff just so I could install, uh, I don't know, whatever new game. Red Dead, for example. Well, I had Red That was one of the first games I got on there, and that was half my space that right there. That game is 100 gigs. It's unnecessarily big. It started big. at 100 gigs. I think it's increased it's, since. It's about 350. I don't have a physical I, copy of it. I downloaded it from the store, but I don't think a physical copy would have saved me much. No. Like, uh, I'm going to pass out 350 gigs for for testicular physics. Like, it, come on! It was like a 10-hour install. <laughs> I remember getting back from living overseas, and I just bought the 2 terabyte Gears of War Edition Xbox One S, and I only bought it because it was 2 terabytes when the originals were all I, 500 gigs. I thought you were going to say the newest Gear, Gears of War was 2 terabytes. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. What does this look like? But I moved my library <laughs> over, and I'm like, finally, 2 terabytes of space? And 
My brother alleges that the bandwidth and the internet speeds were slowed down for the next three months after I spent a week just going, library, mine. Come to me, yeah. And it, it's unnecessary. Yeah. Well, that, that's Did you remember what you were going to talk about yet? No. Okay, okay, cool. Anything else anybody wants to touch on before we wrap up? I think we're going to need to cover remasters next week. Yeah, I think that'll be Because our... there's a lot to say in Spongebob Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrates coming out. So this is, we'll, we'll consider this ninth generation part one, a well, new hope. Well, well not I, even, like remasters have been a thing since the seventh generation. True. It's the whole reason I bought a PS3. True. So that's fair. So maybe we just get them their own episode. Yeah. And yeah. that's A-okay. Exactly. This is my favorite segment. Because this is, this is where right. we're just. Right, what are we playing? We're just people. So what are we playing? Dallas, what are you playing? One or two or three? Or if you're a psychopath who does four games simultaneously, what are you playing? <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm a psychopath. I'm just impatient with games, especially these days. Clear. That's like, yeah, you, I think you made that I'm very, yeah, I'm very frivolous with games. Like, uh, um, so I kind of jump all over the place every couple of days. I kind of pick a new game. Right now, I guess for PlayStation, I, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of going back to Red Dead to try to beat the campaign again so I can just uninstall it. Um, but I've been playing Predator Hunting Grounds, and, like, that's what I've been playing on, on PlayStation right now. Uh, I've been playing Total War games on my, my PC, and that's just because I don't have to worry about anything. I can just, like, declare war as a giant group of ratmen and destroy the world, and it's brilliant. That is lovely. But Predator Hunting Grounds I've been playing on, um, uh, the PlayStation. I got it on the PlayStation because I wanted to be able to sit on my couch and play it. I didn't want to destroy my posture by sitting at my computer. So I've been Fair playing enough. that. And it's got its issues. I can't, like, I, I want to play it with friends, but I have a hard time recommending it to people because it's fun, but it, it needs sucks. It needs to be cleaned. It doesn't even suck. It just it needs to be cleaned up. There's systems in the game that work better than I thought they would, but also, like, are very integral to playing, especially as the Predator. Um, like, there's a parkour mechanic. They call it Predcore, which is probably my favorite thing about the game. Oh well, the it other... translates well. It does. Also, the 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 dreadlocks they have, dreadlocks. No. No, no, I'm I'm not even kidding. Look it up. It's they're dreadlocks, and you get to customize them. I don't like that. Like it, no, it's, it's just '80s nerdy <laughs> enough. Like people would do that kind of stuff. They'd learn Klingon, and they'd call dreadlocks dreadlocks, which. But they're not even going by like I don't know. I don't know what the logic behind it. It's funny. It's predcore. The, you basically can climb up the trees like if you're like the best comparison I can come up with would be like Assassin's Creed 3 where instead of jumping building a building you're jumping tree to tree it's kind of similar to that there's a bit of like a lock on to it um, the issue I'm running into most of all is if you you press a button to automatically jump on a tree and your predator will climb up the tree uh, and go into these like branches where it can run across but sometimes you'll hit the button to jump on the tree and your predator will just get fucking like slingshotted <laughs> past the tree into another tree or something else. Oh, it's like the camera relative jumping of Assassin's Creed games where if you've got the camera facing the wrong way and oh. you push up, you'll jump backwards. It'll f it, it's, and it's, it's, it would be funny if it weren't so frustrating the way it just fires you past a tree. The other issue is sometimes you'll fall out of a tree, but it won't register that you're not in a tree. And there's a different uh, set of movement mechanics when you're in a tree versus when you're not in a tree. So when you're falling out of a tree and it still thinks you're in a tree, you have to press this awkward set of buttons to fall down. There's a lot about the game I could complain about. Um, and then playing as a fire team is just like a really, really 
mediocre first-person shooter where the AI does no damage. And it's 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 got a lot of potential. It's pretty fun. Like it feels really fun. It has it, there's a lot there. Um, I just hope that they spend more time. It's on... a bit of a diamond in the rough, maybe. They need to like. Yeah, no, and I don't, honestly, like, I don't know, I'm not super optimistic because I've heard a lot of arguments on both sides about balancing, um, the fix I would like to see is kind of what they, because the guys that made that are the guys that made Friday the 13th, like that kind of like, um, same studio? Yeah, I believe, I believe it's the same, yeah, I believe it's the same. But in that game, instead of 4v1, it's 6v1 for a longer mm -hmm. amount of time. Nothing it's else. Less. Yeah. Actually, I made a I made a post on Tumblr because I still use Tumblr and tagged Predator. Were you from the 80s? No. I know. Tumblr's not I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I tagged it as Predator and the video and the and the, the thing got flagged. And it's still down for like and of course it's not going to go back up. Nobody that's works at, nobody works Tumblr. at Tumblr. Nobody works at Tumblr that's going to be like, "Oh no, that's that's not what he meant." Yeah. But it's basically what I've been playing. Okay. Predator and Tumblr. Got it. Predator and Tumblr. Tumblr's the most dangerous game. Oh, and I just got Elder Scrolls Online, but, like, I don't even know. I, I got that's... it for cheap. I got it for cheap, and I know some people that play it, and that's what I meant by people to play with. Oof. I haven't even played it yet. Is I'm already that cross-play? Or cross-platform? No, it is not. Isn't that annoying? Let's, let's put cross-platform <laughs> in a little bar. Um, yeah, it's the question I ask when someone says they'd like a game, and I go, "Well, I don't have your system. Is it cross-platform?" Then I'm never gonna get it. And and Predator is, but again, there's a, there's some issues with people finding exploits and cheats on PC. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that basically just like one of them is you you can turn the Predator red. So even though it's invisible, then I don't know if you know about the Predator, like the movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. Turn invisible, which is a pretty important part of the game. You can just make him red, and that completely like eliminates the challenge. Thanks. I hate it. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you're cheating in a way that's not even making... It just makes the game not fun anymore. Yeah. Who's this for? Yeah. So what are you playing, Miles? I am one of those uh, cinemasochists who will play multiple games at a time. Um, right now it's been mostly XCOM Chimera Squad, which is undoubtedly some of the best $20 you could ever spend. It's a fantastic game. Um, there's... There's issues with it, like the rendering of roofs blocking visual sightlines of an isometric fucking camera, and a roof just appears, and you're stuck trying to navigate around this roof. Fix it, Sid Meier. Fix it. Sid Meier, the guy who did XCOM? Yep. The really? Dylan's. His company, his company now does XCOM. Huh. Um, I don't know what his direct involvement is beyond... I know that some of the, I read that some of the engine tech that's been used to design some of the mechanics is stuff that he had been experimenting with for 20 years. So, um, actually, both his company now and his old company are the ones who did XCOM Microprose. It's, they're both him, so it's his game from day one. Fix your fucking roofs! Like, it's, it's... <laughs> Miles the angriest, like, 70s neighbor. Yeah. Fix your damn roof! See? Yeah, like you're, you're, making the whole, you're making the whole town look bad. Sid Miles moves in, and all of a sudden, we gotta stop boarding up our windows. Um, I'm also playing uh, Hades Battle of Hell from Supergiant. That's the side-scroller one, right? Uh, the two no, no? isometric, um, roguelike. Set in, set in Greece, it's the one that you described as aggressively Greek-looking. Maybe it's not, because the one I was thinking of I thought was 2D. And like a side scroller. Well, it is. It is 
But you can't do Greek without it looking real, like real Greek. Yeah, like it, it's it's that's another fantastic game. Um, Supergiant can have all of my wallet every time they make a game. They don't they don't they don't make bad games. They don't make games for everybody, but none of their games are bad. They're always um, interesting and engaging. They did Bastion, right? They did Bastion. They I, did Pyre, and they did Transistor before. I I really want to play those games but they're not they're not my style but they look so good like I can I can objectively tell they're good games but I just it's like you were saying it. about Dishonored or you don't like it but you can see why people oh, it's, do, like, it's yeah, a good like, game but it's just it's not for me yeah but yeah um, I wish it was <laughs> what else have I been playing uh, Minecraft or on the office we've been playing uh, I mean I have to go back to that we've been playing Minecraft yeah um, no I definitely will I've seen we're heard very a lot of people game, have been but... playing it yeah actually and we should it's kind of got a resurgence you know, eh? generally there's a fourth voice with us, or there will be a fourth voice with us going forward, Mark, who's not here, because he's a little exhausted from work, and he's one of the ones that we have been playing Minecraft with, and that game, I've come to learn, is only fun doing it with people. For Absolutely. me, at least. Like, there's, there's no... I, I derive no value in the solo experience. No. Um... What else have I been playing? Uh, that's, like, video game-wise, that's it. I play a lot of tabletop games. Um, Not for this podcast, you don't. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's it for me, I think, for the moment. Um, All right. Yeah. So, I keep track of the games I own, and I started doing this because as of 2013, I had Games with Gold, and then as of 2018, I had PS Plus. Which means every month now I get six new games max. And I like beating what I own. So I do have a lot on the go. I try and keep it organized. I live a very full life outside of gaming, but then because I only have so much time, I want to I wanna play something and I want to beat it. Uh, so I tend to pick something from each console that I'm working on and I'm going to finish it. Currently I'm doing Bioshock 2 which I've owned for a long time. Was that was that you or Mark that was talking about that on the... That, that was me. Okay. I beat my Bioshock 1 a couple months ago, and this is the second time I've beat Bioshock 1, but the second one I didn't quite get into that last time I beat the first one. So now I'm back into it, and to motivate me, I'm racing a friend who also hasn't played it before. And so that's something I'm currently going through. I do my daily fossils... For Animal Crossing, I'm a museum fiend, so June 1st rolled around, and I literally, every single fish and bug that comes out in the month of June, I caught that day. <laughs> Minus one. I'm, I'm still working on getting the giant snake head, which is in a pond, but during my work hours, because, yeah, can't get it all when you play Animal Crossing. Uh, I'm doing a little bit of Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, because those are really quick levels, so I can crunch out a couple of those in between games or if I'm sick of Animal Crossing and I am currently wrapping up Ratchet and Clank Going Commando which is the second of the original <laughs> trilogy and I'm doing that on the PS3 remake so that's what I'm out doing I do the Minecraft so yeah stuff like Animal Crossing and Minecraft I'm probably not going to mention anymore it's assumed that I'm doing something social or the time wasters or the those daily games that you can kind of come back to time and time again. With the daily rewards and that sort of... Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, and you, you could say the same thing about 
uh, me playing like Total War Warhammer. I'm, I'm going to be playing that pretty much off and on for probably my whole life now because it's just, it's just, I'm addicted to it. And Adventure Time Pirates of the Enchiridion, which <laughs> I got a look. I got a look. It was one of those ones that I got for Games with Gold on the Xbox One, and it's based on the TV show, the cartoon Adventure Time, which I was a big fan of while it was still on, but the game sucks. It's ugly, it's... I'm surprised like you could like fuck up an Adventure Time game. I feel like that would be fairly easy. Adventure Time is 2D. And they turned it into a 3D cell shaded game without without any of the cell shading. It's just what would it look like if I took a 2D animation and made it 3D? So it looks like plastic. So like ish, yeah. Um, Early Toy Story. Ugh. Like I'm like it it looks like it's out of a PS2. And like I'm not a graphics guy. That sounds like PS1. That's like oh yeah. Yeah. After we're done. Yeah. It's not great. It's a uh, turn based strategy kind of like pokemon you can see the guys you're about to fight when you get into the fight i don't like any of the decisions that, that i don't like yeah, i don't like the words that are coming out of your mouth in relationship they, to this game the whole premise is what if adventure time but we also flooded 90 percent of the familiar outcomes so that you sail a very vast and empty ocean between scenery from the game and also when you get to the scenery from the game it's mostly underwater I'm not selling it. No, you're not. I'm and about a quarter so, of the so way through. Out of all these games that you're clearly not enjoying, <laughs> which games? Which game's your favorite right now? You know, I I like Captain Toad. I like Animal Crossing. I like Bioshock Two. I like Ratchet and Clank Two. That one is just one of those like I don't bring up PS3 enough. So while I'm I call it that I'm technically playing it, the PS3 is in a separate box in a separate room of my place. So it, I have to go K. Today is the day I play some more Ratchet and Clank. Going back to that argument of shelf space, it's like, what do you what do you want to donate, both in terms of time and shelf space? Exactly. So yeah, I'm 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 really torn about whether or not I want to even sell my 360. I have a box full of games, and it's sitting on pardon me my shelf, but yeah, I just don't know. Just don't know if I want it anymore. Yeah. Shall we wrap it there, then? I think so. I'm really happy to hear about the stuff that you guys are playing. I know I want to try some of that. So let's definitely meet again and see where we're at in about a week or two weeks. Yeah, we'll probably find out some more info about, like, the PS5. I imagine they'll, they'll release, like, a little bit of info, if not, like, an actual proper release Yeah, they'll, release they'll uh, slow drip some stuff here and there as, as, it, as, they, as we near whatever the new potential date is for this, this press conference. But uh, that's it for this first episode of Around the Arcade Cabinet. I just about said the name of the other show. Uh, that'll take some getting used to. Um, Think about it this way. Misspelled, Around the Arcade Cabinet's abbreviation says attack. That's what I thought. Yeah, no, that's what I thought you were going for originally. Like, when you first, like, sent us the title, and I was like, oh, that's cool. That's that's, exa- that's exactly what I was going for. That and, like, the co-branding with the other show. But anyways, uh, I, once again, have been Miles... And I've been joined this week and presumably going forward for the future weeks by Dallas and Connor. Hey. And we will see you next time. We will have social media posts out where you can will announce when the show is up and ready to be listened to. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey everybody, it's Miles here from the Around the Arcade Captain team. And you've just heard season one, episode one, 
testicular physics. This week's episode was written and executive produced by myself, Miles A. Taylor, and Connor Peters. On this week's panel, we had myself, Connor, and show writer and producer, Dallas Holden. The intro and outro music was performed by Technoax, and you can follow us on Twitter at Attack Show. That's at A-T-A-C-S-H-O-W. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.